0: 75% of the CFOs said that cash liquidity has become the most important KPI they discuss in their boardrooms and with their business partners. And 80% of all the executives, CFOs, CEOs, CSO business leaders say that they want to continue the current focus on cash also in the next year and in the new normal.
1: From McKinsey's strategy and corporate finance practice, I'm Sean Brown, and welcome to Inside the Strategy Room. In the early days of the pandemic, preserving cash was a matter of survival for many companies. The sudden need for liquidity highlighted the critical importance of prudent cash management and inspired many business leaders to dramatically raise the bar on their cash practices. We just heard from Christian Gruba a partner in our Munich office, detailing the results of a recent McKinsey survey confirming that cash and liquidity is at the top of the vast majority of CFOs and C-suite agendas. Christian is one of three finance experts who recently sat down with me to discuss best practices in cash management. Christian leads our CFO finance practice in Germany and serves clients in automotive, healthcare, and manufacturing industries on a broad range of CFO topics. We were also joined by Sun Yu Park, an associate partner in our London office and a core member of our practice in Europe. She leads our cash service line across Europe, and her client work is focused on cash and transformation topics across the energy, natural resources, and advanced industrial sectors. Sunyu and Christian recently co-authored an article on cash excellence, available on McKinsey.com titled, Moving from Cash Preservation to Cash Excellence for the Next Normal. We were also joined by Hugo Baguet. Hugo most recently was Group Executive of Organizational Resources at Rio Tinto and is now a Senior Advisor to McKinsey. He has more than 25 years of experience in senior leadership roles across human resources and support functions. He's driven HR transformations, complex merger integrations, and cost and support function transformations. Unfortunately, the quality of our recording at the beginning of this discussion suffered from some unexpected technical issues. They were resolved midway through the discussion. Thank you for staying with us. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Christian, Sun and Hugo, welcome. Christian, you recently polled several hundred global CFOs and finance executives about their views on cash management. Can you tell us a little bit about the high-level findings?
0: Thank you very much, Sean. You can say that this topic has been around for quite some time, right? Um, But it has really been boosted in 2020 uh, in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. So almost every CFO said that cash flow has been disrupted, but 40% say that there was such a massive impact in both ways, either that they had very little cash or that they had much more cash than expected, uh, so that all the pre-crisis plans were completely useless. 75% 75% of the CFOs said that cash liquidity has become the most important KPI they discuss in their boardrooms and with their business partners. And 80% of all the executives, CFOs, CEOs, CSO, business leaders say that they want to continue the current focus on cash also in the next year and in the normal.
1: So clearly preserving and managing cash has rightly become a major priority but in your article, you actually describe cash excellence. What does that mean and how does it differ from simply preserving and managing cash?
0: Cash management is actually the result of thousands decisions taken every day by almost all members of the organization. And so we strongly believe that cash excellence requires a company-wide cash culture. And It's all about, do our employees have the right skills? Do they have the right mindset? Do we actually also ensure proper cross-organizational collaboration? Then structure. Do we have the right governance in place? Do we have responsibilities, accountabilities throughout the organization that look into cash and how cash develops? And finally, of course, process. How does it work? Have we implemented the cash idea and the cash focus in our daily doing, in our daily
1: routines? Thanks so much for sharing these three core elements, Christian. Now, Ugo, let's turn to you In your experience at Rio Tinto. Did any one of those three core elements stand out as especially critical to effectively managing cash?
2: From where I'm sitting, what is really important is to look at the framework as an integrated framework you can not only focus on one of the three elements, people or structure or process, you need to do all three. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's a critical element. But if I had to really highlight one thing, it's the people element. One is the tone from the top and, and the role modeling from the top as being critical. And secondly, I have been surprised how few employees actually understood the importance of cash. So it is at both ends of the spectrum, actually, on the people side that one needs to look at that, for me, very critical uh, to, uh, to work on.
1: So given the importance of that people dimension, Sun Yu, can you tell us a little bit about what goes into creating a strong cash culture?
3: As Hugo said, I would argue that it will be almost impossible that cash culture exists in an organization without the top management being religious about cash and role modeling effectively throughout the organization. Um, it is important to tie it to the why. So, there are lots of research out there showing that purpose driven companies have better performance and better employee motivation than those with less clear purpose. So, the same applies to cash culture. So, for example... CEO and CFO can frame why their company needs to manage cash well. It can be that extra cash can be used to fund the growth to make into an important R&D investment or strategic acquisition. Um, So it's really important to give the purpose to why we're doing this. And actually, during COVID, um, it was actually easier to focus the organization around the purpose of cash excellence, right? The cash that protects the company during the unexpected disruption like COVID so we're still in the middle of the pandemic, and as we're emerging from it, I think it's really important to continue to remind people on this purpose. So top management's focus on the cash KPI. It is really important that the management continues to use them and actually use them in the conversations that matter and make decisions based on them. Secondly, on uh, cross-functional organizations. So as Christian already mentioned, cash is not just about finances problems it's really important to make it everyone's priority. We often see in many organizations that cash and working capital already becoming a prominent topic in the finance leadership team meetings, so that's really great to see. But oftentimes, it's an absence of the business who actually has huge influence on cash. It is the salespeople that negotiate in terms of customers. It is the procurement buyers who do the same thing on the supplier side. So cross-functional collaboration where the right role modeling and incentives is critical in our opinion. So, for example, best practices that accounts receivable, for example, should be a shared responsibility between finance and sales and not just finance's problem. Lastly, on skills, um, so role modeling at the top is very important, but that needs to trickle down to all levels of the organization. And employees at the right levels need to be empowered with the right skills and knowledge, and decision-making power. Um, cash is a result of thousands of individual decisions made every day by the frontline employees. So, for example, portrait-to-pay specialists making the payment on, on the invoice, factory managers stocking their supplies, and, and so on. Um, so, for example, it's very important there should be a clear guidance note about, for example, trade-offs between cash versus p So, employee knows how they need to make decisions. But still have that empowerment to make decisions. Regular learning programs and knowledge transfer meetings in working capital community can be another source of uh, skill-building input and also a reminder of the importance of cash.
1: Thanks, on you So, again, Hugo, it would be very interesting to hear how these people-oriented practices that we just heard about have played out in your experience.
2: First of all, on the rule modeling, I mean, it's, really setting the tone from the top. And we made sure that for nine months in a row, in every communication, the CEO did, not the CFO, the CEO did, cash was mentioned. By doing so, you really create a drumbeat and the importance also on the the business reviews at every level in the organization. There was a cash question. And by doing so, you you actually create a natural attention to the topic uh, of cash. And then sharing, actually, the best learnings is is quite important. So other comments I would like to make is the communication of, of the why. When a company is in a challenging situation, explaining the why is less important because everybody can make the linkage with cash. It is when you are not doing badly or when your results are good, actually, that the purpose is, is absolutely critical. But make sure that your purpose is understood by the majority of your employees. And not only understood, but also that they can relate to it. If, if you say the why is because we want to create better return to our shareholders, actually that doesn't resonate with the bulk of the employees if you say by doing so we build resilience in a downturn to protect jobs that is something that is actually resonating with people tremendously and then the the other point i would like to say is there is always a tendency at the lower levels in the organizations to say well my decision points are actually in the scheme of things not very important because My budget is a couple of thousands of dollars where I decide on versus the millions the company is spending. So what the heck? Why should I focus on it? And what we try to do is to create an ownership culture. If you would be the owner of your department, would you then make the same cash decisions, yes
1: or no? Well, presumably, companies have to make trade-offs between holding more inventory, which would allow them to process goods more quickly, and having more cash on hand, both of which can impact KPIs in different ways. Um, how do you get all the businesses and functions to align on joint ownership of the cash management issue, and how do you measure their performance when in some cases these KPIs can be in conflict with each other?
2: It is a trade-off, but it's also a trade-off with risk and the business risk that you want to take overall. And educating people around that is very, very important. And, I mean, like on inventory, uh, we did an exercise on what is the optimal inventory not what is zero inventory, what is the optimal. And, and going through those kind of exercises helps really well on a day-to-day basis to to manage the, the cash position.
0: And probably building on that, I think there have been a couple of situations where the focus on cash actually helped to make these trade-offs because, you know, supply chain and probably um, safety stocks and so on. If you do not have currency by which you can measure that, then of course there would be kind of a national tendency to say, I need, you know, a high safety stock level at any cost. But the cash is probably the only currency by which you can then also have a discussion between production, between sales, between production planning, because everybody understands actually the core concept of cash. It is very hard probably for a salespeople or sales um, representatives to understand what does a raw material safety stock level for production line A in um, production plant B, mean for me, if I can't tell him, you know, by this, actually we are increasing our cash conversion cycle or actually we are increasing our um, cost of capital for this kind, let's say, um, um, trapped cash.
1: So we've now covered people. Sunyu, can you take us through the structure dimension now?
3: Yeah. So structure needs to be supporting effective cash performance management first on governance, perhaps it's an obvious point, but it is important to make cash a priority agenda item in a regular leadership team meeting. We see that now, even at board meetings, uh, boards are now looking at cash and not just P&L performance, uh, especially after COVID. Uh, we to ensure that this momentum continues. And in terms of the cadence of this governance, uh, we see that at least monthly is best practice. So we're seeing cash performance only once every quarter um, can create behaviors where working capital is managed down only for quarter end or year end, for example, which is not a sustainable cash release. So reviewing the performance check if the monthly and even interim cash performance is consistent. Um, and if there are any weird spikes or dips in between, uh, it's very important to manage the sustainability all throughout. It is important to get the right people, um, right level of people to feel accountable and empowered. Um, decision-making rights combined with accountability should be given to the lowest possible level. So, for example, each procurement buyer should feel accountable for the accounts payables generated by their own suppliers. But they have the right to negotiate the optimal price and payment term within the boundaries defined by the finance team. And lastly, uh, each end-to-end process that affects uh, working capital, like procure-to-pay, source-to-invoice, over-the-management, each of them should have a clear process owner who are responsible to make their process as efficient and effective as possible. The end-to-end element of this is really important because many issues in this inefficiency in the process are not limited to one single department issue. So it really requires a cross-functional effort. So these people who look at this uh, end-to-end root causes and actively manage them.
1: Hugo, can you share how this relates to your experience at Rio Tinto? Uh,
2: cash should be not a regular agenda item. It should be, and I mean, a core agenda item in every single meeting that you have. Uh, it's only by doing so that 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 you're creating that attention. Uh, We installed uh, a cash war room, but what is even more important is that cash becomes part of the daily tools that you're using to manage your business. On the empowerment uh, for each process, I think it is important that you create clear decision frameworks, because leaving it to the the own device of procurement people is not very fair. They need to have the tools to make the trade-offs. And your salespeople need to have the tools to make the trade-offs. If if they want to extend payment terms for the clients, they need to understand uh, what it means from a price point perspective. So those frameworks are very important, but they also need to be very transparent across the organization so that you don't end up in an internal quarrel, so to speak, but that you are all aligned and you agreed on the direction that, you, that you've that taken.
1: Given the cash war room that Hugo just mentioned, Yu, what role would such a war room play now and over the longer term as the crisis passes?
3: This is really like the focal point of response in the beginning of the pandemic, actually, as companies try to preserve cash in times of disruption. And three uh, main elements of cash war room and how these can be embedded uh, in the long term. So the first is the spend control power to control your off Second is the cash control tower to look at cash in, cash out, working capital, capex, other balance sheet items. Um, the third element is the transparency that enables the previous two. So creating the 13-week cash forecasting on a weekly basis to really have a tight visibility on what's happening in real time. So on all this three, as companies are thinking about harnessing this effective governance into the normal operating rhythm of the business, there are a few ways to embed it. So, for example, spend control power transforms to zero-based budgeting so that the company controls the spend from the budgeting exercise, not only as an after-fact and managing spend only after Uh, budgeting is done equally important enhancing digital capabilities in procurement and ensuring better collaboration between procurement and business is another long-term aspect which tackles spend from the beginning of the cycle and on cash control power now it's really about putting this as regular finance rhythm as Hugo mentioned the core agenda item so lastly on cash transparency the long-term governance should include Cash component in the regular financial planning governance, Uh, utilizing digital tools, um, also ensuring the relevant KPIs are available to all relevant organization levels. So, for example, a factory manager can check their inventory performance versus other sites real time. Uh, Salespeople can see how their customers' accounts receivables are faring versus other customers and so on. So, setting this right KPI at at right levels are so important.
1: Let's double-click on digital tools, not to be too punny here. Um, this is something that frequently comes up in terms of the role that digital and advanced analytics can play in driving cash excellence, especially around these notions of control tower structures. Can you say a little more, Sun-Yu? So, uh,
3: example, the digital and AI front um, is two use cases. Number one is on the order collection, uh, we see that really advanced companies use advanced analytics to do um, segmentized individual overdue collection. Um, and that really improves not only the overdue, lower the overdue level, but also improves the um, the overdue efficiency in terms of how many people are actually tied up um, as resources. Um, and then the second one is um, on the inventory side. Um, so doing machine learning or advanced, uh, advanced analytics to... Um, do real-time uh, inventory management so that you actually have a bit of dynamic safety stock level uh, adjustment. Um, so those are two specific use cases that we've seen often. Yeah,
2: if I can chime in with uh, with the example or a couple of things that we've done. Uh, digital tools really helped us with some operational elements, so with automation of payments and reducing early payments. But from an analytics perspective, where it helped us was in scenario building, where the the tools were really kind of saying, okay, if this is going to happen on inventory, if we reduce our inventory, what are the side effects then? What are the knockoff effects? If that is combined with a drop uh, in revenue or with an increased demand, how can we respond to that? So digital really helped us to build a couple of base case scenarios that enabled us later on to make decisions faster because we had already a couple of thinking frameworks
1: to go through. Thank you, Hugo and Sun Yu. Um, Let's now move over to the process elements. Christian, can you take us through the main priorities here?
0: Yes. Process has three core elements. So number one is performance management. Um, The old saying, you manage what you measure, is also true for the case of cash. So as Hugo said, cash does not only need to be an agenda item, but it needs to be the agenda item in every business review. And that, of course, requires that you have, first of all, cash KPIs next to the classical P&L-focused monthly business steering discussions. So not only talking about revenues, about talks, about EBIT, but also talking about, let's say, ROIC, like working capital in terms of revenues, cash conversion cycle, life payments, inventory days by SKU. So there is a lot of, let's say, different levels of cash KPIs that you can leverage for these kind of discussions. There needs to be a clear link to the incentives, and I think that's also, if you just look into the compensation formulas across the industries and specifically also uh, in the course of the last, let's say, uh, 12 months or so, you see that cash KPIs become more and more part of the incentive schemes and formulas so that actually people are no longer only measured on revenue but probably also measured on ESO or that topic executives are not only measured on, uh, let's say, share price changes but also measured on ROI improvements. So um, complementing this whole cash discussion with a proper incentive system is key for the performance management. The second part, the communication, um, so what does cash mean, how do we define cash, how can we influence cash in the organization. There's kind of an open communication through regular uh, regular emails uh, that go out, probably on a Friday afternoon, and somehow also celebrate success stories, because that's probably the second angle to the communication. You also find success stories across the organization from all the levels, and highlighting those, making these transparent, exchanging good news is a very good tool in order to somehow also install the cash culture. So for instance, celebrating a line manager in a production who actually takes care of inventory stocks for finished goods or for raw materials, or somehow celebrating an invoicing clerk who actually brings um, um, down uh, DSOs um, for his customer group is something you want to do.
2: Christian, if I can make an additional comment on the communication and that is linking the communication back to your original purpose. Meaning, if you said that you want to create cash or focus on cash to fuel growth, then you need, at one moment in time, to say, this is what we've done with the cash that you generated, and that is going to help us to grow in the future. So really make, it, make that linkage back to the purpose. It's quite important from... motivational
1: perspective. Thank you. That that makes a lot of sense. You all spoke earlier also about the importance of leaders uh, as role models in helping the broader organization embrace a cash excellence culture. Let's talk about some of the specific metrics that can be used to illustrate that successful or to support that successful role modeling. What are some of the ways that you've seen CEOs and CFOs set goals and, and actually pursue them for moving to cash excellence?
2: Yeah, the, the, way, the way we did it was looking at different financial scenarios at the company-wide level. What are the consequences uh, eventually for the different divisions that we were having? And then also taking into account what Christian mentioned, benchmarking, because the external benchmarking gives you a pretty good insight in where you can set uh, the goalpost and how aggressive you can be, and it's the combination of all of, uh, of all of those uh, elements that help you to define uh, to define the appropriate goalpost.
3: We'll just add that uh, in in setting the targets, uh, it needs to be really actionable. So one practical example is um, again looking at benchmarks is very important. So what what one company did is to look at the uh, benchmarks on uh, DSOs, uh, DPOs, payment terms, and then actually set comparable, but actually a little bit more ambitious uh, payment terms targets uh, globally, and then actually set that a- a- as a target. Right, so it's not just a-, a financial number, but actually an actionable thing that people can change. Um, so, so that was one target, uh, very concretely.
1: Sunyu. Hugo and Christian, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. And to all of our listeners, we hope you enjoyed the discussion. If you'd like to stay up to date on our newest episodes of Inside the Strategy Room, you can subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast player. And just a reminder, we've included a link to Christian and Sunyu's recent article, along with a link to the transcript of this conversation, on our Inside the Strategy Room page on McKinsey.com where you may also easily explore, filter, and search our entire library of previous episodes. To all our listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's discussion. If you'd like to stay up to date on our newest episodes of Inside the Strategy Room, you can subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast player. And just a reminder, we've included a link to Christian and Yu's recent article, along with a link to the transcript of this conversation on our Inside the Strategy Room page on McKinsey.com, where you may also easily explore, filter, and search our entire library of previous episodes. If you'd like to share feedback or an idea for a future podcast, please email us at Inside the Strategy Room at McKinsey.com. If you'd like to receive alerts on our latest articles and insights, you can sign up on the strategy and corporate finance practice page on McKinsey.com. Follow us on Twitter at MCK strategy, or connect with us on the McKinsey strategy and corporate finance LinkedIn page. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to having you join us again soon inside the strategy room.